Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. This is our podcast about Kansas City and cool people and cool fun things. And it's a time for cool fun things because everything out in the world is cool and fun. Am I right? Stop it. Is it fun? Isn't it fun out there? <laughs> Nothing's fun. Everything's Nothing's bad. Fun. It, it, as if it wasn't bad enough out there, uh, it, it felt like uh, 111 degrees this week. Yeah, the uh, heat index hit hit like 115, I think. Which is just like, that's Mars. That's a Mars temperature. <laughs> that's, that's unreasonable for people to live in and also be sad at yeah. the same time. You can have one or the other universe. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, our last episode, uh, we, we sort of filled in at the start that, uh, we hadn't given a life update before season two started here. Uh, we had to take some time off and then Viv had bronchitis for a very long time yeah. here and we didn't do anything about it. So her voice is back. Yeah. I'm going to be coughing some, but I can talk. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Everyone coughs. <laughs> Uh, what, what's going on in your world? Well, my world is your world, so our world. Uh (laughs) Um, let's see. So in the last month, we've gone back to California twice, um, which was the first time, the first time we went back was the first time we'd been back, um, since we moved away. And that it's been, it was a really interesting experience. It was really weird to be in our old neighborhood. Which felt like a ghost town. It did. Uh, and then the last, the second time we went back, we got actually got to see a bunch of our friends because we went back for a wedding, and it felt so much like a high school reunion or something, like playing so much catch up about, you know, how so how is the move to Kansas City? And uh, we haven't actually talked about this. How really good it felt to be, to be able to answer genuinely mm-hmm. that it's going great. Yeah. <laughs> like we actually love it here. We're doing some of the things that we want to be doing. Um, Which is also so weird because everyone in Kansas City that finds out we moved here from LA is like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you don't understand. We're having a really pleasant time. We like it. Yeah. I appreciate your Midwestern (laughs) self-deprecation. I know I love it. I do it. But like, it's it's unnecessary in this situation. So it just, it made me feel really lucky because there would be absolutely no shame for us or anyone in our situation who, after nine months, who moved halfway across the country to a place where you don't really know anyone and like if the answer weren't a genuine great there would be no shame in that at all but it it made me feel really good that that this has just worked out in an odd way for us and i'm I'm really happy here and it it's nice to be able to go home and share that with people that i miss from home enough people back there were also like do you miss like uh the no whatever the answer is the the, whatever the question is no they're like don't you miss like (laughs) acting work and like sort of the celebrity stuff in in la oh your commercial auditions yeah and i was just like i was the face of guitar center for a year and i still couldn't get service in a fucking guitar center so like no fame has no practical application yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. it pays the rent sometimes and then just makes you feel sad when you're on the radio yeah Uh, so, so that was great, and then the world fell apart. Um, while we were gone, I tuned out of news a little bit. There were th- at least three terrible, su- or you know, really disappointing Five Supreme Supreme Court rulings. Yes, yeah, there were the three major, really upsetting ones: the the unions, the crisis pregnancy centers, and um, the the travel ban. And then the next day, uh, Anthony announced he was resigning. So. The world's falling apart today where the the rallies across the country um, for, you know, against the detention centers. And it's just a, there's a lot going on and everything feels really sad. Between uh, Judge Anthony and uh, Antony from Queer Eye, that's a, 
one of those is resigning, and the other one cannot cook. Cannot so cook. Yeah. it's unreasonable. <laughs> uh, there's a crossover episode between that show and Nailed It, the cooking show, which is a great video if you if you it's Google cute that. As hell, but the yeah. first thing that they do is they make Antony a judge so that he doesn't have to cook. The conspiracy. I don't understand. <laughs> how can you pretend he knows how to do anything? Oh. That was a giant thunderclap. Okay, uh, that'll be good for Sam. Cool. Terrence, <laughs> test, you can, test your levels, Thunder. <laughs> if you can, just edit out sounds that happen underneath this no, on a really low. Leave it. The people need to know the people need what to we're know. dealing with in our 110 degree heat index and thunder. So we have we have had a really interesting, fun time. Uh, I've been producing Majority 54 for mm-hmm. Crooked Media and working for Jason Kander, who is just announced that he's running for mayor of Kansas City. Uh, and uh, some of the coverage here has been like, it's borderline mean-spirited because it's just it's it's just unfair. Like some people spent the last year or so working on their campaigns for next year and then they dropped out because they're like, the fuck are we going to do? Right. It's Jason Kander. Uh, so that's a, that's a fun guy to be working for and I, I, I really enjoy that show. So please check out Majority 54 if you haven't before. Uh if you're if you're not one of the three to four million people listening to it every yeah. week, it's it's an intimidating amount of well, audience to not mess up your job. <laughs> I want to brag for you a little bit because that's uh, another thing we got to do when we were in LA was go to the Crooked Media offices because we are such longtime Crooked fans, and every one of their podcasts, almost everyone, is based out of LA or out of New York, except for this one in Kansas City. And we had to leave LA for Brock to get a job with Crooked Media, <laughs> so we got to go. the The guys, the main guys, were on tour but we got to meet like a lot of the behind the scenes staff which was just really cool so now we're back to our own little crooked mini podcast yeah uh, which is just our local show uh and today we have two excellent guests joining us uh introduce yourselves uh hey uh my name is charlotte treble i'm a game developer here in kansas city and i am joe hannah i'm also a game developer we are the two co-founders of mm-hmm. the flyover indies yeah. no i found you guys i'm pretty sure it was when that nice good boy too mellow uh, retweeted something <laughs> about you because uh, uh, he's somebody that also doesn't live in one of the two big coastal cities and and a lot of games twitter lately has been about like hey it's nice to show people that you don't have to live in the most expensive cities in the goddamn world uh, to be able to work in this yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you guys popped in and you're like we do this mm-hmm. event twice a year and yeah. you have like weekly hangout meetings for people in mm-hmm. kansas city that are making games and yeah. so on and so forth yeah. how did you guys get started yeah, gosh, like, we weren't the first, you know, game community here in Kansas City, but we were kind of finding, or at least I was finding, that due to scheduling stuff, I wasn't able to make it to any of the other, you know, game developer community events. Um, so I was like, well, let's put our own thing together, like, something that suits our needs. Yeah, we, we also found um, that a lot of the communities here and and this may not be true and it might not be as true as i thought it was at first but a lot of them we we have drinks it's okay if sometimes we start a thought and we don't yeah. know where we're going. Yeah. Um, people, people have learned to expect it yeah. we uh we just sort of found that a lot of the groups that existed um they they sort of they, they were a little bit too granular i guess mm-hmm. um yeah. m- meaning like what i mean is they some of the groups focused primarily on like uh, board games or analog games, yes. and uh, other groups focused specifically <laughs> on digital games or were for uh, like programmers of mm-hmm. digital games. And yeah. so we they we tended weren't... to be like not even just like video games, but like this is the one tool that we use. Yeah, for it, our yeah, games. like oh, wow. this like, is a oh, Unity God, group okay. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you did the intersectionality of games culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we yeah. just sort of 
we, we like to invite pe- anyone who could even conceivably see themselves working in games at some point. So yeah. like musicians who would take that on as a job or mm-hmm. artists who would take that on as a job, but yeah. they don't necessarily do it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just try to be super inclusive of, you know, backgrounds and interests um, because Joe's right. Like they're, all of the other groups that were in town were very, very specific about what their focus was. And it's like, well, I like more games than that. Like mm-hmm. I want to make more than just this kind of game. And if I'm going to be hanging out with other people with similar interests, like, damn, like I want to actually have similar interests with that. Right. Um, and like, why should we limit ourselves to yeah. that? Um, oh, one of the other things that was happening was uh, most of these other groups had a tendency to meet further out in the city. Mm-hmm. So like the Overland Park area had more, you know, groups going on or up north, that sort of thing. Uh, it, it sounds like you're talking about like games culture as if it was uh, cliques in a high school. Like, yeah. to imagine the jocks <laughs> as the Unity Bros is, yes. is so <laughs> funny to me. Yeah, we have a we have a little that we got through Big Brothers Big Sisters, mm-hmm. uh, and he's 12 and he's super into animation. Oh, cool. He doesn't have a computer, mm-hmm. so he does all this animation in his phone. And last night we went to hang out with a professional animator. Uh, wow. He was a friend of ours, uh, and he was blown away by what a 12-year-old was able to do while we were at a party at his house oh, wow. in, like, 30 minutes. That's so cool. Uh, and then he took him back into his studio and showed him what he's able to do in the programs that he has. Mm-hmm. And, like, almost all those programs, including the stuff that Pixar uses, mm-hmm. is, like, free and there's yeah. YouTube tutorials for it. And he was also like, but everything I had to learn about animation, like, <laughs> it is now meaningless like the first six mm-hmm. years of it because like this is what the kid can do in his phone on an app yeah. that's free like, right, yeah. now. right now uh, yeah. and like me and my uh audio uh recording studio experiences from like high school onward in my education in that for like reel-to-reel tape and stuff like it's oh, just man <laughs> the phone has also replaced that too like none mm-hmm. of that matters anymore but uh, for this but for this 12 year old kid mm-hmm. it was basically like has that guy never seen like a movie? Like he was yeah. so amazed by like he, he this simple animation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> like no, it's just one you're talented and two like this didn't exist when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And then he yeah. started pulling up stuff on his phone that he was showing to us like, well, if he thought that animation was good. He's he like, check out this. this Dragon Ball Z video. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> he knows what animation <laughs> yeah. looks like. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 So that's it, it's it's very much every time he does that sort of thing or talks about that I think about games in the same way because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still can't make a game but like I'm doing a twine game right now as a friend Uh, and like uh, every time I see somebody else picking up some sort of free tool online I was like you know what if I had a month (laughs) yeah uh, Christ at some point I'll get to do that that'll be fun (laughs) yeah my my sister's husband uh, revealed to us uh, on Mother's Day that he's made three board games in the last year oh wow and then unleashed them on us on Mother's Day morning when everybody had had Over a couple so of Over so many mimosas. Yeah. I was like, here's the rules for this one. And all three games were pretty close to done, mm-hmm. but that last 5% really matters. And so mm-hmm. it, it, in the way there that like, people fights. have... Sto- everyone has the story about the Monopoly game with their family that goes poorly. Oh my God. We yeah. just have a Andrew's broken games. Yeah. test trial run of a game that doesn't really work yet is uh, so much worse, especially when it's that. just family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... 
our lives. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, I haven't finished this game. It's super broken. Don't touch this or the other thing. But try out the rest. <laughs> like, is this kind he of He has a really incredible day job, and he is now working uh, nights at Pawn and Pint. Hey, so we that love he that can place. share his game with people sometimes. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get that last 5% fixed first, yeah. though. Right? Um. That's <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, it is cool because even with board games, like the the barriers to entry are so much lower than they used to be. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's beyond just like having free tools to do, you know, whatever art you might need for the game. Yeah. Like actually getting pieces and boards and boxes printed. Like you've got print on demand now. Yep. Through yep. All, all, all three stock imagery. Yeah. yeah. All three things it's he amazing. bought. Yeah. Fold games in boxes and stuff. And yeah. Like, Wait, these are tests or like <laughs> have you secretly been? I games actually I did not know because I was making drinks for people and then I sat down. I don't think I told you this. I did not know that the game, the first game we were playing was his game until we'd been playing it for about 10 minutes. I did not know. Yeah. I was like, like, this is a fun game that you brought. Yeah. Can't wait to try out your game order. Good thing I didn't like talk shit on that 5% before realizing it was his game. Like, ugh, who made this? Games. Yeah, making uh, games is great. What are the th- what are the things that led you into becoming game makers? What are what are the games that were your touchstones? What was the moment that you decided to get into it? What'd you get started on? The ba- like the starting points. Well, Joe is actually a big starting point uh, for me because like you started working on. Um, gosh, what was that program you were using? Um, was it? The, fuck, what was it? It was so long ago. <laughs> it was, it was so long, long ago. ago. Was but, it um, Flixel? It might have been. You, you had basically made a character that you could control and send yeah. send them to the left and to the right. And I looked at that and was like, "Holy shit!" That's, <laughs> like the uh, the idea. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like, "Oh my god!" Like, here's my friend. This is what he's putting together, and I I've always wanted to make games. Like, you're telling me that there are tools out there that I could use and figure out and make something move when I hit a key like that's really awesome Hmm. so yeah I I blame a lot of this on Joe that's cool I mean I know that (laughs) 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 Um, I mean I know that you you also you I mean you were lucky enough to grow up with like a game designer for a dad in a lot of ways and I know that you designed a lot of games when you were a kid and stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they're, you know, they're... they're... Feels like we buried the lead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when when I grew up, like, my dad was always, like, working on, like, oh, there's this board game I'm making. Um, like, we're actually still working on one of mm-hmm. them as a group, like, that last week for yeah. it. Um, but so I just kind of grew up in that sort of environment where taking a game, rewriting the rules, or you know, trying to see what you can do with it to hopefully improve it, um, or just totally start from scratch, just felt sort of normal. Like, it's mm-hmm. like playing with Legos. That's what I did when I was a kid. Um, I, I grew out of it, you know, whenever I became a, a teenager, but then later on, seeing Joe's stuff, it was like, oh, wow, but video games. Like, <laughs> oh, man, let's do video Aww, games. I didn't know. That's really Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool. I, you're also my hero. I've sat on this floor. You're why I do what I do. Oh, gosh, you guys. This is too much I have pressure. a game I want to pitch to you that's about you. It's called The Wind Beneath My Wings. Wow. Uh, so what got I you into video games, Joe? Um, so I, I have kind of a story that I tell about when I first wanted to make games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. 
I don't know. It's like it's almost cliche in my life at this point, but um, we've never heard it before, so you're good. Um, So when I was a kid, uh, my my dad at one point. We, we would go to a Blockbuster like every Wednesday or something. My parents were separated at this point, and this was a thing that my dad and I did. Um, and one time, just sort of out of the blue, he, he pointed uh, to a, like, sh- I was like three or four. Um, he pointed to a, a shelf of uh, NES games that Blockbuster was renting at the time because it was, oh, you know, that. 26 yeah. years ago or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And he was like, why don't you pick one of those out? And I remember telling him, I don't think that will work in the VCR. Oh. Um, oh. And so he was like, he was like, just pick one. And so I, I grabbed uh, Mickey Mouse's ABC Adventure. Oh my God. Um, and uh, on our way home, we, we dropped by uh, my step grandparents house. Um, I have a lot of family stuff that ends in step or half or whatever. But uh, I feel like we're also burying the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever, it's fine. We're going to um, dive deep into family yeah. stuff in this podcast. Maybe yeah. so I what's was... your favorite trauma? <laughs> Man, I have, I have a to few. pick just one. Yeah. Um, um, so on our way home, we stopped by my step-grandparents' house. And uh, basically, he picked up my uncle's um, old NES and that was the first game system I had. It was a little bit old at that point um, and had a bunch of games in it. Uh, sometime later, I asked him how video games were made because I was very interested in them. And my dad, not knowing anything about how video games were made, uh, picked the cartridge I liked the least, which was Alien Syndrome, oh. and he cracked it open. Oh, wow. Um, and was like... It was like he basically showed me a microchip and explained how microchips were made in factories, and so I was oh like, God. "Okay, well, I'm not interested in doing that at all." <laughs> I don't want to make video games yeah. in a factory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ne- never mind on that one. Papa, yeah. where do dreams come from? Yeah. From the conveyor belt. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it wasn't until my so fast forward a really long time. It wasn't until my senior year in college. Is Blockbuster gone by this point? Blockbuster has has been gone for a bit at this point, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Maybe, I don't really remember. But uh, my senior year in college in a sociology class, I was, I basically realized I don't really want to pursue a degree in English. I'm going to finish it, but this isn't what I want to do. And so I started doodling in every class period I Mm -hmm. had from that time on. And that's sort of like where I got my start, actually. Drawing. Nice. Good yeah. nice story. Yeah, it's kind of a dramatic story, but, <laughs> but yeah. There, yeah. I, I wish we'd all done a better job of it recognizing in college when our degree was going to be pointless later. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I made it through two degrees before realizing that. <laughs> she finished her master's in acting and immediately moved into journalism. It, it was like my last semester when I was like, mm, I think like, yeah. what was it, 29 years of this was enough. I think I'm done. Yeah. I'll pass on the rest of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She used to teach uh, Shakespeare to children and uh, things like that, and that, that that's it's one of my cool favorite too. things I've done in in that field. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. children, it, it turns out, are turned on by murder and will uh, learn anything. Uh, uh, to, yeah. One to of my murder. favorite. Can I tell one of yeah. my favorite stories? I know mm-hmm. this is your favorite story. It is. One of my favorite camps. I did like summer camps and after school programs, and one of my favorite camps I ever directed. Uh, have I really not told this on the podcast you yet? Have not. Okay, no, great. Uh, <laughs> in my head, um, one of my favorite camps was when I. It, it just the breakdown of ages divided up between the teachers happened to be that I was directing eight 
eight-year-old girls. They all oh, happened wow. to be eight years old, and yeah. they were all, everyone in that age group was a girl, and I was doing this abridged version of Hamlet, which with that age group, we only did the play within a play. Okay. But these girls were so fucking smart that uh, they wanted me to tell them what happened in the rest of the play. So I told them, and I told them about all the murders, and they <laughs> yes. were so upset that they couldn't do that. Yeah. And so I told them, I was like, it was a two-week camp. You're supposed to be off book by a certain day. And I was like, if you're all off book by, like, Friday instead of Monday, then uh, I will work out a way for you to do all the murders. And they nice. were. So I got to direct, oh, like, a 10-minute dumb show of these girls all murdering each other. That's and amazing. it's one of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. yeah. yeah that's, oh, yeah. also, in the same one, I another dumb show I uh, directed in... Um, like the the there's I don't know how well you know Hamlet, but there's like there's a really brief version where they tell the story of the play within the play, and then they act out the play within a play okay. in typical Shakespeare fashion. Like mm -hmm. you have to hear it once and then see it again, or the other way around. Um, and instead <laughs> of just doing the normal boring version in the beginning, I did this elaborate like ballet to uh, Nancy, Nancy Sinatra's "Bang Bang." Oh, My yes. baby shot me down awesome. for eight eight-year-old girls. It was just great. <laughs> did parents ever see any of this? I parents. Was. It was a San Francisco like super liberal summer camp they loved it <laughs> you know how liberals love murder we love it when their daughters <laughs> pretend to murder each other right. apparently so what were the, ga the games that you loved growing up well i we both grew up with like such different <clears throat> like you know access to games were pretty different for each of us yeah. we, i know we've got different backgrounds there um was one I, of you the sega genesis and the other is the super nintendo is that the it's, it's sort of like that oh like, god you guys are so young <laughs> definitely, like we're born after both right that's the well no? like the first console that i got and th this was like a big deal i wasn't allowed to have like my, my parents were concerned about time in front of tv screens and that sort of thing so it was it was this thing in the house like you don't get to have a game console it's like mm -hmm. god damn it mom and dad everybody else has one <laughs> Uh, so I could, you know, play Sega games or PlayStation games or uh, mostly NES games at friends' houses. But when that like ban finally got lifted, one glorious Christmas, I got an N sixty four, and that was a big deal. And so, like, in terms of like everybody else in our group, like I'm kind of on the later end of mm -hmm. like, oh, that was my game when I was a kid. Everybody else got to have like some NES game that they were into, and I'm like, oh yeah, but like. Man, I was pretty into Mario Kart 64 and Ocarina of Time. Like, that was my thing. Like, that that was me as a kid. Uh, and then beyond that, we had a, uh, a Mac at home. And so any of the few games that were available on a Mac, I would get. And that was, like, one of the few, like, TV screens or what have you. That... Mac kids have such a, a limited yeah. library. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It, it was incredibly painful as a kid to not be able to, like, buy games like I, I would go to the store and see you know like jedi knight on sale and be like oh it's on pc only you must be kidding me like, are, are, God you damn it. are you from here i am yeah was it egghead software oh uh there was a software etc yes. um that's what i went to a gotcha. lot yeah and whenever they closed down i was so angry because i had built up like just this massive amount of store credit that i was saving <laughs> oh, what i was pissed <laughs> like imagine being like I, I forget how old i was when they closed but old enough to like I think I was a young teenager. Blockbuster was still around. Um, <laughs> this is our measure. Uh, yeah. C is Blockbuster since... What, what would the C? Blockbuster closing. There we yeah. are. Yeah. 
<laughs> so there were still blockbusters. I was going to software, et cetera, and like trading in games and getting credit and sometimes buying playing cards instead or what have you. <laughs> but so I, I had built up like, I think it was like 60 or $80, like some <laughs> massive amount of money for like a child. Yeah. And the idea that they had closed down without any sort of like notice to me oh, to tell right. me, like, hey, come spend the rest of your money on like what's left of our games selection. I mean, they had like, to have a closing hurt. sale. That, I'm mad for you. They're like, they yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still mad a little for sad. you. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately how the NES games that I grew up on retailed at like $60 yeah. or more. Yeah. And like the price of games has managed to stay the same mm-hmm. over time. But when I download a bunch of like NES ROMs in a, in a packet that's a thousand of them and it's like yes. 10 megabytes and you're just like, what were we paying for? I don't yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it, like it's it's amazing <laughs> for the factories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Call <laughs> back. Factories are free. Uh, what about you? Oh, what was the question? Oh, what games oh, like, did we grow up yeah. with? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What did you do at Software Etc. to get banned? Right. This guy. Uh, what? Who, oh, I you I went to, in yeah. too many times. I went in every time we came to Kansas City and asked. Oh, businesses hate that. If the new Star Trek game was out, and the same oh. guy was always working, and it reached the point that he just like shouted no at me one day, oh. and I was a kid, so I started crying. They banned you for crying in a store. I mean, I stopped crying, and then I asked him a second time because I didn't hear the answer first. I I was, I, and then I I left the store and came back in and asked. Well, is the is the hint guide out? And he's like, the game's not out. I was like, wow, that man. I, you know what? I'm recovering this memory as we go. Yeah. Oh, oh. Actually, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Traumatic childhood experiences. Oh, boy. <laughs> I I personally liked to frequent Funko Lands when I was a kid. Does anybody remember that one? Mm-mm. It was a, yeah, it was a game yeah, store. It was always one. in strip malls. I think maybe EB Games bought it out at some point. Oh. Sorry, the, the Funko Corporation. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's... They just moved from games to weirdly shaped figurines. Did, you know, like oh, companies oh, like do. Oh, like Funko Pop. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think they're related. But no, no. Because no, no. Funko Certainly Pop started not. in 2009. It was just one guy. I, got, I, yeah. I have to imagine that wasn't a, <laughs> probably not. a corporation before then. Probably not. <laughs> um, I, but as my story suggests, I uh, started with an NES. Um I kind of, I mean, I, I played, like, whatever games I could. I was a Nintendo kid my whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. I did have a Sega Genesis, but I never really got that into it. Also, fuck Alien Syndrome. What a great game to imagine, to have, imagine your dad just crack it up. I know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah dad. Yeah, that, you, were, you chose wisely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, I think it wasn't until, like, Cave Story. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys so have played that. Yes. It's, uh... It, it, it was a PC so, yeah. game. I mean, it was just sort of like a small PC game made by one, like, Japanese salaryman, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made it himself. Uh, I actually think he was probably a programmer. not a, wh- Whatever, it doesn't matter. One one guy made this game, and I remember playing it and saying, like, oh, yeah, I could I could conceivably do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- that one person could mm-hmm. be me if I apply myself. And that... Mm-hmm. I think that has the most influence of any game. Yeah, like being me. being able to hear that yeah. just like a single person was able to accomplish all that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, could I maybe do that? Like, it's almost like representation ooh. matters. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, hear me out, guys. Funny, not so soon. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 at least five more minutes into the show before I go pour a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when uh, when we started playing Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. and I did oh, yeah. not know it was a single. <laughs> 
dude's production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't Amazing, know it was right? a single dude's yeah. production. Yeah, he, just, he did it in his parents' house Gosh. over the course of four years, and now doesn't live with his parents. And you're just like, <laughs> you know out. what? There's uh, you can be shitty about uh, gamers living in their mom's basement, but sometimes they make Stardew Valley and yeah. it makes the world a noticeably better place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, very loud thunder oh, outside. Loud thunder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is an interesting thing that over the course of like games that like uh, the NES stuff we grew up with was the end of the individual like game designer. And then we had to move into this series of like ever-growing teams, uh, mm-hmm. and it went from like four people to like twelve people, and then it had to be hundreds of people oh, yeah. for right. so long. And yeah. we're just yeah. now getting back into this era where like one person can make yeah. a thing because it's all caught yeah. up in that way. What yeah. a great wave, though! Like it's amazing that that industry could grow to because it's such an underestimated industry by like the parents of our generation yeah. mm-hmm. um, that that it could grow to a place where it could employ that many people right. but now also what a great trend that it's really returning to such creative roots that like people it's basically a dream factory like people are just making the games that they want to make yeah. even if they have to make it by themselves like what what an awesome journey games have taken yeah, yeah. Having those accessible tools made all the difference yeah. for me because, and, and I, I guess for you too, because mm-hmm. you were using similar ones. Like I, I remember doing some research trying to find out like, man, I want to make video games, but fuck how? Yeah. Like what do, I, what do I even use? I keep cracking this? them open and it's not <laughs> I know. telling me anything. Like I, I had a cartridge factory. I've ruined like, so many games. I, I don't know how this puts back together. <laughs> It's not leading me anywhere good. It's, uh, it's just like a weird documentary where he travels around the world looking for the game factory, yeah, and no one will tell him that's not how it works. I, yeah. I keep a weird tangent, but I I keep I keep thinking about my dad who just at the exact right moment in time when not enough people were doing this, he <coughs> sorry he had a computer and he got really frustrated because he couldn't figure out how to fix something, and so mm-hmm. he took it apart and he yes. like broke everything, and he just got so mad at this one computer. You activated the Alexa with your anger. That happens sometimes. <laughs> he got so mad at this at not being able to fix this one thing in a computer that he ended up going to like DeVry Technical Institute. Oh, and the story ends with him working at NASA. How? <laughs> Just because it was like 1990, not enough people were doing this kind of thing. He just got really mad and it led to him at the top of the, like his industry. It's, wow. it's it's not a slight against him, but it's also my favorite story of white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I have a computer. Ugh, I guess I'll figure it out. And then a few months later, you're like, hello, NASA. Yeah. Where he led the jazz band as well. Oh, yeah. NASA that wasn't his wow. job, but on the side, he was in the NASA jazz band. And I'm just like, I, I've never heard a recording, but I do want to hear just a bunch of fucking white nerds <laughs> do jazz. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> my dad's very good at what he does. I imagine other nerds are too. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes a lot of commitment. Exactly. to be a, a nerd somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when we got together a couple of years ago, uh, Viv and I, uh, Viv had played like Warcraft back in the day with like a boyfriend oh, and then played like... No, by myself. By yourself. <laughs> Don't, yeah. And like City of Heroes of all things. Yeah, I, so I was, I was an NES kid, but I found the games that I loved and I didn't really give a shit about going beyond Donkey Kong and mm-hmm. like Yoshi's... Yeah. Island, Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Why like, would yeah. 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 They were the pinnacle. And then in college, <laughs> yeah. I got into World of Warcraft and then a couple others like City of Heroes. But that that was it. Like, I, I loved those games, but but I didn't keep up with anything. And mm-hmm. I never had any... I never owned a system besides uh, 
like regular Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Mm. Um, so sorry. Oh, no, go no, ahead. No, no, you were telling the story. No, you, I just no. wanted to correct parts of your story, and now you can tell the story. <laughs> yeah, <it's your> story. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so we, we got together and like it was like, how do I introduce her to games now? And so we started with a lot of like small indie stuff and feminist stuff and like Thomas was alone and things yeah. like that. Oh, I love and that And then game. one day yeah, I, such a good one. we went from Thomas was alone and I came home and she was just playing Fallout 3, yes. uh, <laughs> which is uh, for listeners that Four, don't like right? games. No, three. Okay. Uh, I, see, I don't even know. I just like basically, killing basically dudes. the most complicated game imaginable. You know what? Really quick, what my um, bridge point there was, was um, City of Light. What, here, what, what is it? The one with the little girl with the giant sword. You know what I'm talking about? He, hero of Something light? of light. Child of light. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my bridge from there to the other one was... Yeah. Child of Light, because it's like, it's just a kick-ass little girl doing stuff, and it's beautiful, but also but somewhat violent. But Pokemon. <laughs> it's not nearly as complicated as like, well, these cans that I found have now encumbered me, and oh I can't God. move my character yeah. through the wasteland. And uh, from that point on, it was just like, oh, she has everything now. Like, once yeah. you've done Fallout 3, and it was also uh, a growing moment for me, because... I was still doing boyfriend uh, helicoptering. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she went... There's a side quest where there's, like, a guy that's got multiple wives. Uh, uh, he's running a cult. He's running yeah. a cult. Uh, I don't know. He just has a lot of love to give. No, he's yeah. running a fucking <laughs> cult. And, and when I played the game, I talked to him and like went on a quest for him and did all this stuff and instead Viv just walked into a room and fuck murdered him. Which that's not the way I played the rest of the game. Right. I played like uh, you know the like moral positive stuff mm -hmm. the whole way through the first time I couldn't get a quest because I we hadn't killed enough people. I was like what the fuck is this game? Yeah. Uh, that was the what first time I that, that I just yeah. yeah. The first and time then that it I was her stopping people. a conversation to be like bang. I was like, yeah. what have you done? Like, this... I was like, I have no interest in what this dude is saying. Yeah. <laughs> Murdered his face. And that was the first time I had to walk away and be like, that's her game and yeah. that's her world and her choices and I should shut the fuck up so that she can enjoy it. Not here to judge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite like modern things that like change something for you? Cave Story is an excellent like oh, jumping yeah. off point mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. Cave Story was really good. Uh, let's see. I mean, one of the big things recently was Breath of the Wild because I did have that connection to a grain of time whenever I was a kid and so kind of been chasing that same feeling that I would right. get whenever I was playing that game like I think everybody kind of has that thing where it's like yeah. man like the, you can't replicate this at all but if, if I could have the experience I had the night that mm -hmm. me and all my seventh grade friends stayed up all night the night mm -hmm. that Goldeneye came out yes uh, yeah and we, we couldn't quite figure out the button to open doors but it was oh also God. six in the morning like it's it just doesn't matter uh, you're playing Goldeneye yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we're yep. we're all chasing something on that way, in that yeah. way, and sometimes it feels like it's impossible. And then other mm -hmm. times you you pick up something like like that, and you're like, oh my god, I'm just back in it. They did Where it. did it they, come from? Yeah, man managed to find it again. And Nintendo yeah. is the only company that's any good at this. So yeah, it's it, that's fantastic. I mean, I I would also put Blizzard up there because aside like that was, they always made games that were also available on a Mac. So I, I did get to grow up playing Blizzard games, which is a really big deal for me. Um, so uh, 
Warcraft, like the original Warcraft orcs versus humans was huge. And I played an awful lot. Oh my God, so much Starcraft. And so whenever Starcraft 2 came out, I remember staying up to like, I think it was five in the morning waiting for the announcement. They were, they were in <laughs> South Korea because, right. because of the community there. And I was like, oh, they're live streaming it. I've got class tomorrow morning. I'm going to be miserable, but <laughs> I am not missing it because I've been waiting for this ever since I was a child, like playing this game. So like, I, ironically enough, like those two coming back were like pretty big deals right. <laughs> for me. I think that was, that was huge. Love those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just sort of like modern things, but that's hard. I, I'm like, I'm very much sort of like a, I'm really into old games. I'm like a super duper retro gamer, I guess. Um, I like a lot of really new games too, but I think that one of the kind of modern evolutions in just sort of like the industry uh-huh. uh, that I, I really like is uh, the website itch.io. Oh, yes. itch is um, yeah. I really like that it's like, it's just such an indie friendly alternative to like mm-hmm. Steam, which Steam yes. is kind of a problematic so for so I don't know what that is. Listeners that oh, aren't okay. super into games, uh, mm-hmm. basically if you're buying PC games or Mac games at this point, Steam is the place that you get them from, and it's run by the company that made the games Half-Life and Half-Life 2 mm-hmm. and a couple of other things, and then they just stopped making games and just yeah. became the system whereby you buy games, and it's just what everyone uses. Or yeah. they did, and there's they have fucking stupid rules, and sometimes like the, the, uh, there's a big issue uh, a few weeks ago where they just banned like a bunch of visual novels, which uh, they were just like, I don't know, out of nowhere, we've changed our minds on what uh, is sexually dangerous or we don't want it in our story. And it's like, this is a weird form of censorship. Uh, so Itch.io is basically this uh, this very indie version of it. And, and GOG is, mm-hmm. yeah, is also yeah. one, one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the alternate, like, Steam has 98% of the market. Oh, yes. Uh, but Itch.io yeah. also doesn't Giant. charge anything. Like, people mm-hmm. get to put up stuff, including stuff that's like, I don't know, here's just what I'm working on, like, right yeah. now. Do you want to take a take a crack at this? And there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when your Kickstarter for your full game happens, <laughs> like, oh, boy, I'm there for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, Itch is another great example of... Uh, like these tools that have become accessible to people easily and free, which has really enabled like the indie scene to grow so much because it, one of the biggest barriers right now to making games, I think is truly just time, like having the free time to do that. Like, I mean, that's certainly like my case. Like I don't have nearly enough free time to actually work on that sort of thing. So yeah, it props to itch. Absolutely. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I interrupted you. Th- no, no, that's where <laughs> your guys' stuff yeah. is, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We have our own games on on itch. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte and I have both kind of like mostly put out, I guess, like non-marketable games. Oh, is that a way yeah. to say? Yeah, these, that, like, these, these are like the least commercial right. games. Oh, the artists find. aren't making money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of our games are not commercially viable for one reason or another. Uh, and, you know, usually it's because they're very small. We make yeah. them for game jams, which right. is mm-hmm. like... You know, that's a thing where you make a game in a very short period of time, usually yeah. based on a theme. Yeah, the, um, there, there's like structure and rules. It's yeah. kind of like w- w- one of those, uh, if you op- operate within constraints, it should help you grow right. and do something right. new. Yes. So. And, and there'll be like 24 hours or something, or there's mm-hmm. one that I love to follow every year that's uh, 
it's a train jam where everyone oh, is on yeah, a train a cool together, one. and yeah. by the time the train gets into the station, they've You've got to go. Oh, what? Yeah. Train jam? Oh, yeah. You yeah. ever heard of train jam? I've never heard of train jam. Oh, no, I would love yeah. to do train jam. I fucking love jams, and I, I love trains. Yeah. Right. I would love yeah. to do this. How did you not know about train I'm surprised you didn't know. I, I could have sworn I had sent something like that your way. Sorry. Yeah. Well, game, or, game or like this year, there was like a Ludlum Dare, which is one that happens with some frequency. Is mm-hmm. is uh, th- their uh, thesis this year was uh, uh, make game make a game that bridges two genres that yes. should not yeah. exist together. And people had like actually like a, a week or two to put these together, but mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of submissions, mm-hmm. and everyone yeah. can play them and vote on them. And you're like, my yeah. God, some of these people are so brilliant. Yeah. Where did this come from? That yeah. that is the jam, jam that, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's the jam that I do. I do it every time it comes up. Yeah, um, it's four times a year. It's, it's yeah, quarterly, I think. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I have a I have a programmer that I work with, and we recently introduced a musician into our team, and we so we do the uh, the actual jam rather than the competition because they divide mm-hmm. it up into two oh, yeah. different yeah, phases. Yeah, but, there are different sets of rules according to yeah. what you are interested in doing. Right. It's like you've got more time on this, you've got fewer restrictions on that, um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and yeah. one of yeah one of the uh, one of the like differentiations is that if you have more than one person, you have to enter the jam rather than the competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, my team took 11th, yeah, uh, which last is time, which is like, incredible. That's so, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm really proud of us. We've been doing yeah. it every time and we're really trying to like push our limits as far as mm-hmm. what we can make in a short period yeah. of time. Yeah. So. Cause, Cause it's absolutely grueling doing yeah. these things. Like <laughs> the, the jam gives you 72 hours to make a game start to finish. Mm. Um, I've, I don't know if I'll always be able to do it, but I most recently did the compo, which gives you 48 hours. And that's the one where you can only do it as a single yeah, developer. It's like, I, I'm a, I'm a masochist at heart. Like that's the only reason why I would ever sign up for something like hey, that. I, it's a room. Of yeah. Us. yeah. <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm dead. So yeah. It's, exactly. Like a shark. You just have to keep yeah. moving. And... Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's so difficult and rewarding to to do those games and it's been really cool to see joe's team like climb the rankings o- over each joe just slapped jam. his face as if he'd never heard the the phrase joe's team before so yeah. no, it's cool like seeing the games that you guys have made and the the kind of attention that they can get and even just playing them because they're really fucking fun oh, like shit. yeah they're great um but what one of my favorite parts about things like game jams or you get to experiment with stuff you get to work with different people if you want mm-hmm. um like it's because it's usually such a short thing you can take rules that normally apply to you know making games or whatever other art you're doing and just throw them away for a little bit <laughs> yeah. like nobody's making money off of game yeah. jam games so you don't have to worry about making a commercially viable product mm-hmm. like the only marketing that you might do would be more after the game in order to get people to play it and vote which, on it which i'm starting to get That's a lot right. of that where people yeah. are like i made this for ludlum dare but mm-hmm. actually it's pretty good and i yeah. think it's a full game so Would you, you should like play it, it? Just like, <laughs> yeah uh, one of them that i wrote up for rock paper shotgun is one that's uh, a game that it creates an island and then you play around with the colors of the island oh, cool. and then you just take you make cool little gifts of how calm and fun that island is <laughs> and then it automatically tweets them at the guy that made it oh my God. and i was just like what a chill fun thing yeah. your little yeah. chill out island game 
Yes, I'll write about that. That yeah. sounds funny. Right? That's pretty yeah, great. Yeah, that, that sounds a little bit like a mountain. It's an iOS game. Where <laughs> yes. Like, have you guys ever like played that. it? Yeah, you, you literally just watch this mountain. Like, it's cute. It's 3D. You can spin it and zoom in and zoom out. And, like, that's all there is to it. Like I remember you're watching people watching have fucking thing. meltdowns about, like, how do I beat this? And I was like, no, no, no. You it's don't understand. Mountain, and you look at it. And, yeah. And it chills you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, one of my other favorite games is kind of similar to that, uh, Proteus. Like, it's just a walking simulator. Yeah. You walk around on an island. Like, mm. that's it. It's beautiful. It's got music. Like, th- there are things that you can interact with and do on the island. And I think you technically can beat it. I think I accidentally did that once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, what? No, why is there an game in this? You're actively mad that you did so. Yeah, and like, no, I'm going to just restart my game now because I was interested in walking around this beautiful island. Like, but, but the idea that we can have games these days that maybe don't have a point and you don't sell for money or ever hope to. Like, mm-hmm. maybe somebody do- donates money. That's cool. Yeah. like that. But it's not expected at least not for me that that's not why i make games i'm not making them to make money sure there are so many levels that a game can embody the idea but you know what i don't even remember who said this it's such a like a it's such a it's a quote that is just in our in our society at this point but the whole idea that like it's in the journey you know like like at so many levels a game can embody that idea it's like in order to beat a game like mountain you have mm-hmm. to learn to enjoy it. Yes. And that's it. Yeah, that's all you need. You have to learn to beat yourself. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> tell, tell us about your games. Tell us about what you've made. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Do you, do you want to go, go first? first? I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're not good at talking about you our games because we don't the market our best. games. I'm so glad <laughs> This is my favorite episode of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're not like marketers at heart, like which is why we're not making commercial games. So, like explaining them is kind of tricky sometimes. You but... can't even sell each other to each other. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Like uh, the last game that I did was it was for OD Jam. It, it was the one where you you take the two genres that maybe don't work together, probably don't work together, and mash them together in right. so, some sort of game. Uh, so mine is called Creep What You Sow, and it's just ah, like, ah, I know, it's such hi, a good title. Hi, <laughs> but my, my husband gets all credit for that name. Like, it's so clever, and it's like, oh are my you, god, that's are wonderful. Are you also married to just, like, a terrible pun person? He's wonderful, and he, I, I was like, wonderful. I'm having a hard time thinking of a name for this weird game, like, th- I'm so over this game because I was at the end of the compo and just exhausted and just over it um and so he immediately threw out like oh call it creep what you sow and i was like oh okay thank you like that's perfect i don't need to hear anything Isn't else it the worst when you ask somebody and they took 10 seconds and you're like i yeah, spent weeks in my head yeah, doing yeah. This. he's like it's so obvious <laughs> uh but so yeah it's like a stealth uh gardening game like you're a gnome in an area like a backyard type place and you need to the thunder plants. in the background is god being mad at oh, you yeah. that you haven't made this before (laughs) uh so yeah you you plant seeds you have to tend to them pour water on them to grow the plants but the entire time there is some sort or there there's at least one dog and the longer time goes on more dogs show up and dogs eat gnomes obviously. obviously and so as a gnome you then have to hide in the plants that you've grown and hopefully you know stay out of sight of this dog that's guarding the garden so can i play this right now yeah, it, hey, it's free. So <laughs> on the itchio. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Uh, so that that was my latest game. It was it was for uh, OD Jam. Like it was miserable to make, but pretty happy with how it turned out given the constraints. <laughs> I, I love that once uh, plants fought zombies, yeah. uh, the rules of garden warfare. Oh yeah, uh, throw those just, out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dogs eat gnomes. That's just where we are. <laughs> yeah, of course. How is um, how is uh, Keeper Keeper going? Did you? Are, oh, like, have you still, I didn't finish have you it. Worked on that at all? Okay. Yeah, I haven't worked on that in a long time. Yeah. But Keeper Keeper was a sports game that I was working on, and I would I would like to revisit. Like I'm I'm definitely one of those people that starts projects and then gets distracted by something, or maybe not distracted and just mad at that project. And so I was like, well, hell, I've got like loads of other ideas. I'll start working on one of those. Uh, so, but Keeper Keeper is a sports game uh, with like goals that you manipulate as a player. So you can m- push them around with your body. You can uh, like essentially turn the goals on or off. Like you can close them. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like all sorts of crazy things. So it, it, it was a game. It played a little bit like a like a air hockey. Uh, where you're just pushing mm-hmm. this like ball around as like a, another ball shaped or technically crescent shaped. Uh, player and but the, the whole thing was like hey what kind of weird shit can we do to goals <laughs> like, like that that was sort of the the draw to the game um yeah I, I, I definitely would like to finish that at some point because I, I like that game it's fun yeah it's also yeah. really really stylish looking oh thank you yeah. <laughs> I really like it <laughs> yeah it, it's been a fun game to to work on so yeah um I am currently working on three games i guess i i I tend to bite (laughs) off way more than i can chew all the time each game you're so embarrassed by how prolific you are (laughs) and uh (laughs) it's just i i just i need to i need to learn how much time and energy i actually have um i i keep thinking that i'm going to get more of it somehow that's not how it works really you Um, uh don't sleep yeah i'm i'm and then your wife starts to worry about you and then you start to sleep i have to get eight hours of sleep a night like i i know that i think that's a thing that a lot of adults like strive to do and it's something i struggle to um, not to not sleep more than that. I'm the same way. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know he's how. Cr- uh, for the people at home, he's currently wearing two socks that don't match. So that's <laughs> true. nothing wrong with that. People do yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. I got a stripy sock and a burger day. sock. <laughs> it's a burger. Oh, I like that burger. Um, so I'm working on three games. I right did now. not see the burger yeah, coming. It's a, it's a, it's a pixel art burger also. Which your, is, your burger time socks. It's very on brand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, currently my priority is a game called Dungeon in a Bottle which was originally for that game jam Ludum, Ludum Dare or Ludum Daria or whatever there are, there are a million different yeah, there are ways to say, ways to say it. it nobody knows the right way um, Ludum Daria where we all have to make an episode of Daria in <laughs> yes. under 72 hours yeah. <laughs> I usually just go with OD Jam because yeah, those are just straight up yeah. letters and nobody has to you know tell me I'm saying it wrong <laughs> so it's, it's, it's going to be a phone game ultimately but it's also a very like uh, complicated platformer which is not but you don't really expect those two things to be <laughs> together because the control schemes on phones are very limited right you you have to do like on-screen buttons and right. yeah. the more you no have one wants yeah. to play super meat boy on the phone yeah that's, but they can now they can <laughs> yeah for whom <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the game i'm making also uh, which uh, steel series a couple of years ago sent me their uh Wireless oh, there's like add-on thing uh, controller. Yeah, you could sync to your phone, and I'm like, 
the fuck is this <laughs> sport? And there was yeah. basically three games at the time. I was like, well, I can play the sport of GTA 3 now, I guess, when I pull out all my devices on a plane and people are like, who's the weirdo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, we're working on that. But it's uh, it, basically it's a game where you the walls are uh, closing in on you and you can push them. Uh, you can push them or wall jump off of them. Uh, and it's essentially just a series of like really small, uh, like maybe I don't know the actual dimensions. The, the, the tiles we're using are 16 by 16 pixels. And I believe the rooms are, uh, 10 by 18 tiles. So they're, they're really small, like sort of micro puzzles in yeah, each room. It would room. fit very well on like a phone screen <clears throat> yeah. without scrolling or anything right, like that. Exactly. It's like screenshot um, sized. And so we, we, my, my team, uh, we worked on this game for LD Jam. Uh, I, I think it was L, it was like 38, LD38 maybe. Uh, the theme for that one was like a small world. And so we were like, oh, it's like, a, you know, the walls are closing in and it's like really small singular rooms. Um, we decided, we, so we have two games that are actually kind of getting, <laughs> I, this is, uh, my, my professional life is a mess. <laughs> uh, we, we have two games that Unlike are, your sock life, which is yeah, totally... It's <laughs> on point and intentional, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have two games that are getting some attention, and one is the latest LD Jam game, Dragoon Drop, which got 11th, um, which we're like super excited about, and it's a, uh, it's a platformer turn-based card game those are the two genres we combined so you you play as a you play as a dragoon um and it's a side scroller and you there are enemies and like it's a procedurally generated map uh, it's i mean it's not nearly as complicated as i'm suggesting that it is because <laughs> it was made in three days but uh and and you basically like you get new cards you add them to your repertoire you like destroy cards and the cards are like move in a direct move two spaces or like mm -hmm. move move yeah. one space and attack or yeah. like jump it's, a, it's almost like yeah. programming like i'm gonna make my character do this next. yeah it's, it's very much like breaking up like what a platformer is sort yeah. of it's it's very strange yeah there's no like real-time element yeah. to this platforming game mm -hmm. um it's, so, it's hard to describe. Yeah, I mean, we, we got, like, a ton of weird attention for this game. Like, some Let's Player in France played it, and... Uh, and yeah, can you even understand what the, he's saying in the Let's Play? My, so my, my programmer speaks a little bit of French, and he watched it, and he was like, it's all positive, and that's, well, that's all I know, really. Um, but yeah, we... We're, 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 we're trying to get to a point where we can release that game as like sort of an early access game that updates every month because mm. that's a viable b business strategy now, I think. Again, for non-game people, <laughs> uh, games release now uh, in a state called early access where they're playable, but they're not done. And uh, changes come in. And yeah. For some games, it's really fun to give the people making them feedback. And you're like, I'd like to see more of this. And some games are staying in early access for eight or nine years at this point. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, so leave. when is it a finished game? When is it? Or... Where's the late access? Yeah, yeah, yeah when is it middle access? Late yeah. access. Yeah. You. Have the two of you discussed that you're both making games about controlling the boundaries? Uh, no, we haven't actually. Not really. No. <laughs> No, I mean, we have worked on games together, though. Yes. Like, we, we don't do that every time, like, partially because, like, 
you know, oh God, there's so many reasons. Like there was a long time where for my job, it prevented me from Mm -hmm. working on certain kinds of side projects, which unfortunately included most games. Um, But, you know, like time time constraints, interest constraints, like, but every now and then, yeah, we work on a game together. Like we we made... um, and tumble together that was i think like the the first game that that we ever actually finished which was a feat in and yeah. of itself we were so young yeah What's yeah gin tumble gin tumble um so gin tumble is a game about like essentially distilling gin like <laughs> i want it it's, it's super hard it's it's a puzzle game uh you you have to go through and assemble like these recipes essentially to create like this particular type of gin um yeah i mean joe joe could actually explain it better than me because like i provided the programming for this game but joe did everything else like he was the the design and the art and uh gin research sound well we both shared it <laughs> yeah. like we, i can't tell you that like no part of this game was you know coded while sober <laughs> he was very generous with his time yes we take game research very seriously we, <laughs> we are professionals damn it <laughs> <laughs> so, Gin Tumble was a game that we made for um, a. It was. It was. So it's for my. It was for my girlfriend's dad's distillery business, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, and it was a promotional game for his Kickstarter. Um, his business it's is so called. Uh, it's Gin Farallon. Um, that's it's delicious. The by the way. It is really good. He's it's an incredible distiller. He, yeah. He's actually. He lives in Moss Beach, California. So a yeah. lot of friends who live there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which so is a, a beautiful town. Because it, it's wonderful gin. Yeah. We love whenever we go back to visit my family in the Bay Area, we, we'll hit up a distillery or a brewery or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we we were basically hired to make this game in of an incredibly short period of time. And we were... Marketing is its own uh, jam. Yeah. Gin <laughs> no, jam. Yeah, absolutely. Gin jam. Yeah. I mean, what did we have, like, two or three months or something like that? I, yeah, I, I think it was originally two months, oh, but due to some things with the Kickstarter, we ended up with three months. Oh, right. But we, yeah. the game was made in two months. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the core gameplay is that you... Um, but essentially, like... These bubbles shaped like Tetris pieces float up in a in sort of a grid of uh, like jiggly gin ingredients or botanicals, uh, and you 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 have these bottles that you're trying to fill with botanicals like orange yeah. peel or juniper berries or whatever like mm-hmm. whatever. Awesome. And so when you when you like rotate these bubbles <laughs> and you pop the right juniper or the right botanicals and they mm-hmm. fill these bottles. Um, you're basically and, selecting the ingredients yeah. for this recipe. And then once you fill the bottles appropriately, and they have a little bit of a leeway, but like if you overfill them, they would break, oh, for instance. Oh, it's such a brutally difficult yeah, game. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> um, it, once you fill them appropriately, it creates a bottle of gin. And in order to clear a stage, of which there were five, I think, you had to fill... Sorry, I keep turning my head. Um, you, you, you had to fill uh, five bottles of gin. Yeah. Um, if we, I think if we could go back and do it again, we would scale the difficulty oh, back. Oh my god, it is <laughs> like, so like, hard. Like, we, we got good at this game because yeah. we were playing it and testing it, and we had to make sure, like, does this thing actually work? Mm-hmm. But were you also yeah. drunk and angry? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was extremely drunk When you fill a bottle of gin of in the game, you drink a bottle of gin yeah. in life. Yeah. That's what I assume. That's, yeah, because yeah. it, it was a good excuse it. to not only research, like, wow, how is gin made? Mm-hmm. Like, they're... 
there's a lot that goes into it, which is mm-hmm. really kind of cool to, to hear about. Like, all of the recipes that we have in the game match up to actual, like, you know, in game terms, well, yeah. <laughs> gin recipes. <laughs> they very approximately. Uh, but we, we also <laughs> researched by trying different gins, and, like, we read about slow gin. and was like, yeah. I've never had that. What mm-hmm. the hell is that like? And so we, we bought a bottle. I actually still have it because I don't like slow gin that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like other gins, and there, there's a little bit of the slow gin left. I should but... drink that for you because yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it still got it. It's probably still good. Um, but, yeah, so I, I coded that while definitely incredibly drunk. <laughs> like, it's amazing any of it works. <laughs> we end every podcast by inviting everyone uh, on the show to give uh, pop culture recommendations, something that you've either seen, read, played late, lately that uh, really mattered to you or something that's one of your all-time favorites. I'll start. The, uh, the podcast Boom Lawyered mm-hmm. uh, between two women that are both lawyers uh, it's Amani Ga- Gandhi, mm-hmm. and I can never remember the other woman's name, but Amani Gandhi is angry black lady on Twitter, and I fucking love her. So she's fantastic, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, they normally break down uh, like uh, big Supreme Court decisions and stuff. And in the last couple of days, they've had to do a number of emergency episodes just back to back, and you can tell that they're emergency episodes because uh, they went from like recording on their mics to like just screaming into their cell phones. <laughs> Uh, and they have such perspective and uh, historical weight on so many of these things. Uh, it's incredible to like listen to this stuff, uh, but uh, it's also it's it's this sort of uh, thing that ties into this forever civics lesson that we're in right now, where it makes you matter about some things and uh, a little more okay about other things. And I think that the two episodes that they did about what's happened this week calmed me down in some ways. It also gives a really great perspective into just what a gift uh Sonia Sotomayor is I every other episode like, is just you know a she's Sotomayor you know she's great party. but like <laughs> you I hadn't really appreciated like the specifics of what she is contributing to the Supreme Court right now it's a lot she's gonna in like in 30 years she's gonna we're gonna see her the way that like we viewed Ruth Bader Ginsburg over the last right. few decades they have a story that they tell in the show about how uh Sotomayor her first year on the bench uh, went to a party that normally is thrown by the interns of uh, SOTUS where they uh, get drunk and make asses of themselves in front of everybody that's on SOTUS and uh, and Sotomayor got up and did a choreographed dance uh, for everyone uh, and it was the day that Ginsburg's husband died Oh. Uh, and she went over to Ginsburg and was like, come dance with me. And Ginsburg was like, I don't want to dance. And she leaned over and whispered to her, uh, your husband would want you to dance. So they stood up and like danced for a little bit. And later Ginsburg was like, thank you. You were right about him. And you're just like, who is this human being? And none of this is performative. <laughs> like what we don't deserve what's happening yeah. on their end. But uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. <laughs> Vivian, where? <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I have two um but they're both netflix so just in general if you've heard of this netflix thing (laughs) check it out um have the three of you talked about how you're always changing the boundaries of things well you asked me to do one thing and like i don't have to play by your rules um so what's the relationship between netflix and blockbuster at this point Mm. I think Netflix destroyed Blockbuster. (laughs) Neither the NESs from Blockbuster nor Netflix fit into a VCR. Uh, (laughs) Uh, That's all I needed. That was an incredible answer. 
<laughs> if you want a feel-good thing on Netflix, they have an original rom-com called uh, Set It Up, which uh, I, I wrote out all my feelings on it on, on the Mary Sue this week. But, like, I love rom-coms, but most rom-coms of the last 20 years have been total shit. This is one of... This is the best original movie that Netflix has put out in a really long time. It Mo- might, movie? It, movie, yeah. It might be the best movie on Netflix or anywhere right now. Um, set it up. It's, I won't get into it, but it's, uh, it's really good. It's fucking smart and like respects its characters and its audience in a way that most movies and definitely most rom-coms don't. But the main thing on Netflix, uh, oh, is, shit. yeah, I with <laughs> no, I was hoping you wouldn't cause I want to recommend it is, um, a comedy special called Nanette from Hannah Gadsby and, uh, Brock has now seen it twice, but I finally watched it last night and it is devastating because it is really funny and then it isn't, um, <laughs> and then it makes you not want to be a storyteller anymore because you might be doing something wrong to the universe. See, that's not even my takeaway. It's just, there's, there's a so lot. Much there. <laughs> there's a lot to it. Um, she's an Australian or Tasmanian woman um, who she's a lesbian and like, uh, but also she says that might not define her like maybe genderqueer or something like very uh, like presenting very butch and she talks a lot about like how the world sees her and how she exists in the world and then also uh you know we hear everything right now is like the perfect thing for the me too movement like everything is for the me too movement and while i or i support that absolutely but but also i i do think that sometimes it's it's not fair to judge all art by those specific criteria even though that is what my entire life is about um but this actually is like this is this has said so many things about how i feel about this moment we're living through also i've never heard someone uh express hatred for pablo picasso in a way that i connect with so much but all i really hate pablo picasso and and she she does too and that's really satisfying um i don't know it's just it is a really hilarious stand-up and then it is uh just fucking devastating social commentary Uh, so nanette on netflix it's I don't know if I sold it all or if I just made everyone like really not want to watch it, but I, 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 don't know, I don't know if it came across. I recommend it. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah. uh, for both of you, where can we find you online? Uh, where can we find your games? And also what's your recommendation? Yeah. Uh, so you can find like the, the Kansas city game <laughs> development community online at flyoverindies.party. Uh, that's like our, a group. We, I'm sorry. We, dot party is yes, a thing that exists. Brock parties at Brock dot party. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch, our email is contact at flyoverindies.party. Like so. Yeah, we we like parties. Um, so yeah, that, that's where our game development community. Um, I am available on Twitter as I can't even pronounce my own thing. It's C T R B L E. Like at that. Critical. Yes. Critical. I just dropped a lot of a, a lot of vowels and some. <laughs> consonants out of my name um she's also wearing the flyover indie shirt which looks yes. like uh the twitter bird except it's a, a bat <laughs> also i'm sorry yeah. if we're talking about outfits uh, video what are your shoes oh they say game and over your, and your socks I yes. love your- uh the socks are shoes. star wars there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot going on and i love yeah, yeah the, the, the shoes are the the and i think it's nes or snes like mm-hmm. because i didn't grow up with that i don't know for sure i'm sorry but they Thank say you. game <laughs> yeah they say game over on the bottom which is my favorite part of them um yeah like, like and stuff. And your, what's yeah. your uh what's your um 
What's her itch? Oh, yeah, the games. Um, it's sbngames.itch.io. Um, yeah, sbn is yeah. E-S-P-I-O-N. So, yeah. That's where all my games are. <laughs> and do you have a recommendation of something you're oh, enjoying? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, recently, I played the game Minute, which I would highly recommend. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, it was on Joe's suggestion. Um, we all played it with with Joe and company. Um, yeah, so basically you play as a character that has exactly 60 seconds before they die and everything resets. And you go on these, the, there's like adventures to be had and things to figure out. And each minute builds upon the previous one. So like you might gain an item that then allows you for your next round mm-hmm. to go do something a little bit different. But you still only have 60 seconds to make this thing happen. And that. it's so cool to see the, we, we the layers of this game like come together and... Like it's a very complete game. Like it, when when I initially heard it, I kind of expected like, oh, this is just gonna be like the same thing over and over again. I only have a minute. What the hell can I actually do with that? Well, turns out quite a bit. Huh. <laughs> like, yeah. So highly recommend. That's it. awesome. Yeah, minute. Um. So I'm uh, at Joe has died games on Twitter. That was the. You two were bleak. But you're here. But you're living. That was. He only has sixty seconds. It's a lie. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I've been. I've been here a few times. I only have sixty seconds per. Um, No, that was that was a name I came up with for my personal studio like four or five years ago. I still really like it, but that's not really how I make games anymore. Um, uh, You can find my games at. Gosh, I don't know the actual URL, but if you go to itch and you search for strange spaces, that is the sort of like collective that I primarily work with. Um, yeah, uh, recommendations. I was actually struggling with this because I've been listening to your podcast and I'm like, so I you knew. Yeah, we always put like, everyone on the shoot, spot. Like, what do Even I podcast? <clears throat> podcast. I forget I'm supposed to do totally. this. And I'm like, you should warn me ahead of time. <laughs> um. So there's this obscure NES game called Sweet Home, and uh, <laughs> you, it's it, it, like. <laughs> what are you doing? So the only way to play it, it, it in in English is by emulator. Um, it I was. You were gonna say you had to like put it in backwards or something. Yeah, you have to put it. You have to tear it open. <laughs> yeah, you have to tear it open. open. Flip the cartridge. Yeah. Put it Break an alien syndrome cartridge, and you'll find another set of pegs. No, it's a uh, so get an emulator for it. It it was made by one of the people who is the like uh, originators of the um, Resident Evil series, uh, and it's like a major precursor to it. And it is the one of the best low res horror games I've ever played. Uh, it, it's actually based off of a Japanese movie that I also recommend called Sweet Home. It's really good. Uh, very campy, but it's really good. Uh, yeah, I, that's it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> this has been my favorite one. <laughs> it ended with Sweet Home. I, I don't know. Have you, have you seen or played Sweet Home? Yeah, man. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was, that was a knowing laugh cool. <laughs> of what were you doing. That's great. Can you, you, it's only on, you can only get it on emulators pretty much, right? I'm yes. not wrong in that? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that was Missouri Loves Company. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, please know the phone numbers and email addresses of your elected officials and call and write them frequently. And um, have a good day. And if they're not doing great at their job, uh, don't yeah. let them eat at restaurants. <laughs> yeah. <Word>. And also, <laughs> just if they are doing good at their job, something we didn't do enough when we lived in California, um, call and tell them that you support them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also, shout them out of restaurants as often as you can. It, the, the bad ones. 
<laughs> anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>